What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of The Night Shift. What's going on, everyone? Hope everyone's doing well today. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hernandez. And today, I got my boy, Kyle, on the show. Say what up, Kyle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are we doing today? Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, we definitely, you know, we're in the gist of the NBA playoffs right now, so it's starting to get good. Um, and that's definitely what we're going to be talking about here today. Um, before we start, though, I'm going to put you on the spot just for a second and ask you just a few questions just to see if uh, just to let these people know who they're listening to and also I might know the answers to some of these but what teams do you root for professional teams do you root for yeah so I, I mainly my my two teams are in Boston I got the Celtics and I got the Patriots that's my two main teams um, I got some secondary teams and the Jaguars and around South Florida I keep up with all those teams because I'm down in South Florida so I know a little bit Heat, Dolphins, Tampa Bay Bucks. So those are usually my fortes. Heck yeah. Um, favorite players? You got any favorite players that just stand out to you? I mean, currently, like Brady, I got a dog named Brady. So got love for that. But um, Tatum right now, he's doing special things up in Boston. I like that, appreciate that. And, I mean, if I'm going all time, I like KG. Oh, nice. That, that's a sick pick. I haven't heard that one yet. That's sick. Um, but yeah, sweet man. I'll, and I'll ask you one more question. Who do you think is the clutchest player in basketball right now? Right now? <sighs> Tough I mean, one, man. Recency bias Jalen Brunson, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, if I had to go final shot, I think it's still KD. I love that pick. Yeah. He's definitely in my top, uh, top three, probably in clutchest players. I usually go Dame on that question. Um, but it definitely could be KD. Um, but anyways, yeah, appreciate you answering those. But maybe let's hop into some of this conversation here. So let's go through each of the matchups, give some takes on it, some opinions, what we think, how it's going to end up, this and that. Um, and let's start over. Let's start. We'll start in the West um, with Phoenix and New Orleans, the one and the eight. Um, I mean, before the series started, I was kind of expecting a sweep. Still am. Uh you know, New Orleans seemed to turn it up a little bit towards the end of that game, which was it was fun to see. I'd rather it not be a sweep. I'd love to see New Orleans somehow win it. Don't see that happening. I'm still expecting a sweep, though. There's not too much to talk about in that series. What do you, How are you feeling about that one? I mean, I, I agree with you for the most part there. Phoenix is just – they're a better team, and there's not, not else much to say. New Orleans is still developing as a team, and, you know, you are missing Zion, but, like, they have some decent – pieces and I would like to see them win one game if not pushing two you know if they can steal something in New Orleans that would be nice for them as a stepping stone but it's just it's Phoenix yeah. not much else you're gonna do exactly best team in the west uh, they're the one seed for a reason um, but I think it, it is cool to see New Orleans 
squeak into the playoffs and, you know, play pretty well towards the end of the season because that team's young. And I think, you know, next season, especially if they get Zion back, that's a weird situation. Um, but, you know, assuming Zion comes back next year and they're all healthy, I mean, that's going to be a really solid team. Yeah, that's going to be a nice young core. I mean, you got uh, the emergence of Jackson Hayes. He's been playing very well. Brandon Ingram's kind of found a second life. Valanchunas is one of the bigger men that's overlooked in the league, I think. I mean, he can put up a double-double like nobody right now, and he's contributing very well to that offense down there. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, about Valanchunas, man. He is overlooked. Um, I totally agree with that. I've always said that. Valanchunas is actually a beast. Um, And to have him, you know, as a big man down there, so I think that's great. Um, And also CJ McCollum. Ever since he, not saying he played bad in Portland because he never did, but you know, once he got to New Orleans, sheesh. I mean, he, well, he's been playing really well. Some of that byproduct is he, he's the one option now. Yeah. Where you had Dame kind of taken over. Like, was Dame yeah. holding back C.J. McCollum for all this time? And, like, C.J.'s, like, this ultra-good player that we just looked at as a secondary player? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right about that. Um, he was always Dame's sidekick, and they played well together. Never could get anything done. So I'm kind of glad that they – traded him because just because of the fact that I want to I want to see it wasn't working for him it wasn't working in Portland we all knew that because they weren't able to do anything so um, you know CJ maybe maybe he's been a primary score and a number one this whole time and as the looks of it it looks like it I mean he's playing really well um, even distributing the ball too I mean he, I mean he's he's a great playmaker now I mean not like he like I said not like he never really was but a lot of these skills are starting to come out and be shown now um, for CJ. So I think that's really dope for the Pelicans. Um, but yeah, like we said, not too much to talk about for that series. We know how it's going to end. Um, I'm assuming a sweep there. Um, but let's move on to this next one, which I think this is going to be a really good series, Memphis and Minnesota. Um, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't going to expect Memphis to come out and lose game one. Um, that's a obviously a great young team playing at the second seed. Uh, John Morant's playing really well, obviously, but Minnesota's scrappy. Minnesota is scrappy, dude. How are you feeling about that one? So, like, I'm looking at this, like, to me, this was my upset of the playoffs, if there were to be one, based off of just pure experience. Like you said, Memphis is a young team. John Morant, Desmond Bain, you know, they don't have a lot of experience. But if you look at this Minnesota team, I mean, you have Patrick Beverly, who's been deep into a playoff run before. You have um, D'Angelo Russell, who played around with the Lakers and has some experience. Carl Anthony Towns. And then you have Anthony Edwards, who's taken the league by storm. I'm sorry, this guy's played two years, and both years have been phenomenal when he's on the court. So, like, this is a good Minnesota team that I think is clicking at the right time, and that's dangerous against an unexperienced uh, Grizzlies. And I didn't like – I don't know if you saw or not, but at the end of the game – they were talking about John Morant's dad and I think was it uh, Anthony Edwards' dad? And they were talking on courtside and they showed the camera and um, John Morant said, oh, Memphis going to be back. I think he might be eating them words. Like I think <laughs> he got a little too high, got a little too court like side, like whoo, hyped up. But you can't give bulletin board material like that on national yeah. television nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I definitely agree with you about that. I think, I mean, this Minnesota team is scrappy, man, and they, they play really well. I'm a big Patrick Beverly fan. I've always liked him, even though as a Warrior fan, he's he's made me mad in some moments, but I've always loved his play style and how he plays the game. Um, 
And and I mean they looked they looked good in the first game. And like you said, the inexperience on this Memphis team could be a reason for them to fall short. Um, you know, it may not be the year for them. Uh but I'm liking what I see from Minnesota. I'm still gonna say that I think Memphis wins this series in six or seven. I don't see Minnesota winning it, but I would love to see them win it. Um, I think that would be awesome to see a seven seed be the two seed, but I'm sticking with my pick. Uh, I had Memphis in six before this, before the first game. I'm going to stick with Memphis in six, but maybe we'll see a game seven. I would go just based off of what I've seen. I would go Minnesota in six or seven. I would lean Mm -hmm. maybe towards the seven mark just because Memphis does have that pure talent. But Mm -hmm. I think it definitely Minnesota has a great chance of stealing this. Yeah, they do. Um, especially like we said, after we saw from game one, they looked really good game one, um, be able to beat up on Memphis. So let's move on to my squad, my Warriors, man. Um, I like what I see, obviously, two games in, we're 2-0. and I went to the game last night, and that was such a good game to be at. Jordan Poole, Clay, and Steph all were going crazy. Um, man, that lineup is insane. And I'm expecting a gentleman's sweep. So I'm expecting a gentleman's sweep as well, but I just have one question for you. Let's hear it. When is Steph going to come back into the starting lineup and who's going to the bench? <laughs> I know, dude. It's so weird because obviously Steph is coming off the bench from his injury and Jordan Poole is taking his spot in the starting lineup and he's playing extremely well. Like he's our best player right now. He's putting up 30 points. Um, he's shooting the lights out. He looks like a younger Curry. It's crazy. Um, it's such a tough decision that Kerr's going to have to make. I see them putting pull back to the bench. Um, but I just, I, I, I just have, I find it tough to be able to see clay being moved to the bench. It's like, I don't know if it's even, cause let's be real. Jordan pool is playing better than clay is right now. Um, not knocking on clay cause he's picked it up, but I just find it so hard to believe that they would bench clay. Um, I think they're going to bring pull on the bench, but I say, don't rush it, man. I mean, this is working right now. Give Steph the rest on the bench. Now, at what point do you, I mean, maybe go to just like a kind of small ball lineup and just, you know, bench Kavon Looney. Let's be real. Like Kavon Mm -hmm. Looney last night threw up 11 minutes, no shots, no points, one rebound. Like what's he really contributing game wise to you guys? Like just go small ball with Dre at the five. And then you'd have three shooters out there the whole time. I mean, I think that small lineup is something Kerr might be going to in these later rounds for sure. Yeah, and it, it, that's it's just it's so tough to obviously Draymond's one of the best defenders in the league, but when you don't have a guy over six, because I think Draymond's six eight. So when you don't have a guy over six eight in your starting lineup, I can see that. I can see that bringing its struggles, especially going up against a guy like Jokic. Um, you know, when you have a guy who's seven footer. Yeah, but he played um, eleven minutes last night, and he. 11 minutes he did nothing i mean you're doing without him anyways against the mvp Jokic. like well i would i will say that i what i've seen from kavan looney and he did it a little bit in the regular season his defense on on Jokic was not bad and that was better than i was expecting we saw a few games in the regular season from looney who played uh, uh who played against Jokic. in one of the games he looked really well against him i was like we might be able to see that from looney this series but for a seven-game series, I don't really know how, how long Looney's going to be able to hold up. I don't think Jokic is going to play like this this whole series, I'd, especially going back to Denver. That's especially why I see them stealing a game and us not sweeping. 
Um, and even if we go small ball, I mean, the small ball used to work for the Warriors back then. But when you got guys now like Jokic out there, I I think that they're going to keep Looney in the starting lineup. That small ball lineup is dangerous. I don't see them starting with it, though. They'll probably play it a lot during the game. But I see them still starting Looney just to have that big man presence on the floor. Because uh, I don't think Looney's all that garbage of a defender. And he plays pretty decently okay against Jokic. Um, but at some point, that's going to stop. I mean, it's Jokic, and that goes for anybody. For sure. I mean, I I, I still think, like you said, they're going to end up sweeping. I, I mean, I don't maybe see Denver maybe stealing one on the on the road, but at home, see Denver getting one there. But I think maybe five games is the most it goes. Golden State's going to get some rest and kind of wait around for that next matchup. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I'm loving what I see, man, from Jordan Poole. He is developing like crazy. I'm a little annoyed that he didn't get a most improved finalist. but That was a snub. That was a huge snub. I think he should have been at least a finalist. I think so, too. I mean, the way he improved from – you know, going, he was in the G League at points last year, um, playing in the G League, and now he's dropping 30 points in the playoffs. Um, without Steph on the floor, he's been carrying us. And he, like I said, it's crazy. He looks like a little Curry. I mean, geez, it's like he's turning into Curry and be able to have like a role model like Steph and then to be able to just translate that. And I like what I see from Poole, man. <clears throat> um, this is a tough series, this next one. Dallas, Utah. I think... I mean, I'm pretty sure it's totally based on Luca's health um, because I'm pretty sure I saw them come out and say, I'm trying to remember that he's not playing game two. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but I'm pretty sure they said he's yeah, not they, playing. He game didn't two. play yesterday. Yesterday was game two. So they, oh, then maybe I saw, I meant game three. Dylan Bronson went off. They won, tied the series one, one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I, I, I thought I meant I meant to say game three, but I might be wrong. Maybe I was just thinking game two. Um, so Sham, um, sources say Luca will re- return for game three or four. Okay. So All he's right, going to return in either one of the next two. I think if he doesn't return in this next one and they're away, it might be, you know, a little bit of a loss. But I would rather Luca come back game four down one, two, than to rush back and re-injure anything game yeah. three. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think Jason Kidd kind of tied himself in a pickle with that. I don't know why you would play Luca that last game of the season like he did. And I mean, you can clearly see your team is not as good as it should be. Like if Luca was out there, these games wouldn't even be close. Yeah. I this agree. This team really does not look good. Yeah. They're, they're like fraudulent. They have a solid roster, obviously, but they just don't translate that, especially in the playoffs. And they had, they blew a lot of leads in the regular season, but I take this Mavericks team over them any day, just because of, because of they, they, they actually show what their, the skill level is. I mean, they have Luca, but without Luca, that's the thing that scares me. I didn't know when he was going to come back. Um, Now hearing that it might be three or four, hopefully it's game three for their sake. Um, And then they play the winner of, they play Phoenix, right? They'll play Phoenix. They're on that side yeah, of the bracket. Yeah, they're the 4-5, so they'll play Phoenix. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so, you know, hopefully Luka can come back for them. Jalen Brunson went off last night. That was right. Um, you know, and I think if Luka does come back game three, I think – I mean, I think Dallas takes this series easily just because of how poorly Utah's been looking. Well, and Utah's just been looking bad, and Dallas made some moves at the trade deadline that were interesting. Huge they traded move. away Chris Stops. 
they kind of gave that role to Denny Smith. Like here, you know, you can get in the starting lineup. Bullock, Powell's kind of been healthy now. And they picked up Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been huge for them down the stretch here. Dinwiddie's like coming off the bench. And then now in Luca's absence, he's been able to play very good quality minutes. I mean, yep. I think that was a huge move for them to make at that trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie's been absolutely huge for them. Um, you know, putting up putting up good numbers on efficient shooting. And I think he's been such a vital piece for Dallas ever since he got traded there. Um, though I like that move that Dallas made. I was never a big Kristaps fan in the first place. Um, I didn't even think him and Luca really meshed well. Um, but now seeing, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith stepping up, Spencer Dinwiddie doing his thing there now. Um, and Jalen Brunson, um, sheesh, man. I mean, I like, I mean, this Dallas deal. team looks all right. He's looking like a max deal right there. Yeah, dude. Crazy. Um, so yeah, a lot of this is going to depend on Lucas health, hoping he comes back game three. Um, if he does, I see Dallas taking it, um, easily game four. It's a different story, but we'll have to, uh, we'll have to see. And yeah, I, I never answered how you talked about Jason Kidd playing him. I don't know what he was doing playing him and, uh, you know, at that in that game there was no reason for him to be playing yeah i i know that's something that probably management mark cuban on shark tank over there throwing <laughs> stuff around he's yeah. upset like why i mean so pointless your best player by far yeah it's not even close and no reason for him to be playing man you never want to risk something like that um so yeah that'll be a good series depending on when luca comes back um, and they play what they play. Let's see. They're Thursday. So they play Thursday. Okay. Um, and, and Utah is six and a half point favorites. So that's interesting. Um, so let's move over to the Eastern conference, man, your coast, uh, first series, Miami, Atlanta. I, I'm a big Atlanta guy. I love the, I've always loved Trey young. And I will say my first two K player got drafted to the Hawks. So like ever since then, I was like so huge into like root for Atlanta and I love Trey Young. So that makes it even better. Um, but with no Clint Capella, they don't stand a chance. They'll probably get swept. I didn't, I made a, a post on halftime actually about what I thought this series was going to look like. And I didn't even take into account the Clint Capella injury because they didn't announce it at that time yet. Um, and I thought Atlanta was going to be able to steal two games. Um, but Honestly, with no Clint Capella, I don't even know if they'll steal any games. It's sad. Maybe one. Trey goes off for one game. But this Miami team's good, man. Yeah, I mean, so I, I hear it all the time. The Miami culture, Miami culture, you know. But I, I think Trey Young, he always bounces back from that bad game. So I think mm -hmm. tonight's going to be a very big night for him. I think, you know, you're looking probably 30 to 40 points at least. Um, do I think it's enough? No. I think just Clint Capella being out, John Collins just now coming back from foot and finger injuries, like you're a beat up team and you're not all the way there with your talent. I think Miami's talent's just too far. I think it's a sweep, even if he throws up 30, 40 in the night. I think it's a sweep. I think Miami's just all around their one through 12 player would kill. I mean, they got 12 guys on that team that can go ball and they're going to be dangerous, but I think they do have their flaws down the road. Yeah, uh, I think the Hawks are really Trey Young reliant. Um, and the Heat have, like you said, they got guys up and down the roster that really contribute um, more than I would say the Hawks roster has. So I, I'm thinking sweep here. 
Um, Trey Young could go off one game and completely carry them to a win, maybe, but I don't really see it happening. But I'm I I think this will be a sweep, and I'm kind of bummed because I was glad to see Atlanta come out of the play, and I thought that was really cool. But yeah, this Heat team's too good, and a lot of people I think are actually sleeping on the Miami Heat. I think a lot of people kind of think they don't have what it takes to make to the finals, but I've seen I've seen that a lot, and I I totally disagree. I think this team clearly has what it takes to make it to the finals. Like you said, their roster up and down. They got defense, they got offense, they got everything. They have good leadership by by old veteran guys. I I see this team potentially making it to the finals. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think this team is going to just run into an issue next round. I think they have um, right now slated the 76ers after two games they've won um, as the four seed, but like Toronto hasn't looked good and the 76ers look like they're going to win. And you have a whole issue with James Harden and Embiid. And I think that's going to really affect the Miami heat and get, get in their heads. I mean, I, I like what the heat have done. I like how they've, you know, groomed players through the years and helped contribute to like Max Struess, Duncan Robinson. You know, they have all these young talent players, Gabe Vincent, but I think James Harden, my uh, Maxi, um, Tybal, they're going to have issues. And I think that's going to be something that the Heat need to watch for. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm loving Tyrese Maxey. Um, he's playing like an absolute baller. He's going to be legit in years to come. Let's move on to that series. Um, Raptors and Sixers and that was another thing I heard a lot of I heard a lot of people thinking that uh, Toronto was gonna upset Philly this round I never bought into that um, I, so I I think you know what their thought process is is when it goes back to Toronto there's three games in Toronto my these can't play in Toronto mm-hmm. he's not all the way vaccinated you know so they are missing a key player for that team that they're gonna have to go down the stretch I think before the series, people were looking at a healthy Toronto team saying that. But now if you look at Toronto with where they're at injury-wise and how they've played, I don't even think that, you know, the border is going to stop the 76ers from sweeping. I think they're going to just carry through, win it all. I mean, they have the refs on their side as well, like shooting crazy Mm -hmm. amount of free throws in comparison to the Raptors. I saw a number like 28 to 6, like at some point in that game. Like that's insane to overcome. And I think Toronto's just not going to have it this year. They have a heck of a squad, though, but just with injuries and all, it's not going to be their year. Yeah, this may not be Toronto's year. I agree, though. What's the deal with uh, Scotty Barnes's injury? Does does he look like he'll be back? Because I don't. I remember seeing he got hurt, but I didn't know with the severity. Um. Yeah. So Scotty Barnes um, gives no timetable on injury, but might yeah. be back soon. Yeah, because I never saw exact how... thing. So I'm assuming maybe game like four or if they push a game five. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if I would put money on him coming back game three. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember not seeing the severity of his injury, how long he'll be out. But I'm looking at the stat right now in game two, Philly shot 30 free throws and Toronto shot 12. Um, so <laughs> 18 more free throws. So that is insane. Um, but like you were saying, I see this series. I don't see Toronto winning this series. Um, it'll be a little interesting having Matisse Thai will not play. Because um, he got the first shot. He didn't get the second one, though. 
I was like, if you're going to get the first one, might as well get the second, like either go one way or the other, but whatever, <laughs> none of my business. Um, but yeah, I see Philly coming out of this series. I'm loving what I see from Tyrese Maxey. He's such a beast um, scoring machine. And hopefully, I mean, for 76ers fans sake, James Harden, because he hasn't even been looking that amazing, especially scoring the ball, which is good for them that they got Tyrese Maxey to kind of fill that. But James Harden scoring has not looked how we all expected it to look when he got to. Yeah, James Harden, I mean, he looks like he's just, I mean, maybe it's just not there anymore. And it looks Mm -hmm. like, you know, you've seen kind of with Russell Westbrook where everyone, you know, thinks they've taken that step back. I think that's where, you know, Harden might be. I don't know if he's going to be able to take over a game like he used to. He's not going to be dropping all these crazy numbers and he's going to be more of a realistic player. And I think you're going to have to have him beat in the um, Tyrese Maxey, the emergence of him. You're going to have to have that try and carry you through the playoffs this year. It's not going to be hard. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you because I was on halftime talking to a few people about this. There was a few people in there that thought if Philly doesn't do it this year, they have to blow it up. Because James Harden's a free agent next season, next off this off this coming off season, they think that a few people I heard say that James Harden should not get a deal from Philly. They shouldn't sign him to his to his you know whatever he whatever he's asking, and that Philly should just keep Embiid, maybe Maxi and Thibault, but just blow up the entire team. Um, outside of that, which I guess not the entire team, but um, what what do you think about that? So, I mean, if you look at the 76ers and look at what they have, I think you have a lot of good role players and a lot of good role pieces. I don't know if Harden's the correct fit for you. Now, what Harden's comp on that fair market would be, I have no clue. Like, would he be something that would be equivalent of a John Wall who hasn't played in like two years? Or would he be kind of more of a Bradley B? Like, where is he ranking? Like, where is he playing? I can't get a good enough read to where you would trade him out for anything unless it's picks. And I mean, the 76ers are trusting this process. How long is this process? Like, you had all your number one picks. You had Fultz, messed that up. You had Simmons, messed that up. Like you're holding on to Embiid, who looks like he's a top five MVP candidate in most people's eyes. Um, Like other than that, you have nothing to show for it. You don't have the playoff success. You've gone through coaching changes. There's talk about Doc being gone after this year. Like what process are you following? Or at this point, do you just blow it completely up and rebuild from the bare bones with Maxi, maybe as like your key component? Like, I don't know what their answer is going to be, but this process has been, you know, (laughs) way longer than it should have been. And they've missed on so many key, like, players in these drafts that have gone two, three, four. Like, you can't draft someone and then have Lonzo and um, Tatum go right after them. Like, that's going to come back to haunt you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this – process i've been hearing trust the process for a long time now and it's like okay when is the destination gonna arrive because we've been trusting this process nothing's been happening a thing that i think that philly may have screwed up on is i wasn't mad at them for trading for james harden and i kind of i kind of thought it was going to be really good with him and Embiid. but when they lost seth curry 
And they had to give up. They had to give up a lot for James Harden. They gave up Ben Simmons, who obviously that was never going to pan out with those um, him playing there. Seth Curry, who's an extremely good role player. Um, and, and Andre Drummond. Um, so they had to give up a lot for James Harden. At the time, I wasn't against that just because I thought James Harden was going to be James Harden. But now James Harden is not looking like like how, you know, how we've seen him before at his full you know, potential. And by the looks of it, Brooklyn totally won that trade. Um, I don't know what direction Philly's going. When you have a guy like James Harden, who's not getting any younger, are you going to give him that max contract? Cause he's probably going to want a max contract because of, you know, namesake he's James Harden, you know, this and that he he's a great shooter. He's been good in years prior. Do you give him that contract? I have no idea. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I really, couldn't even tell you. Um, I'm, I like I said before. I love Tyrese Maxey. I, I like Matisse Thybul. Tobias Harris should be gone. Um, that should be a top priority. I think I'm not a big Tobias guy. He's making too much money. He doesn't produce nearly as much as he should be with that contract. Ship him away. Maybe for some players. I don't. Some role players. Not sure. But Philly's kind of in a really interesting spot because I don't see them being able this season to make it out of the East with teams like Milwaukee and Miami and, you know, the yeah, big I think guys. they're kind of like stuck in that second tier in the East yeah. right now. And they're, they think they're a tier one team, but they're not a tier one team. And until yeah. they can kind of address some things and iron some things out, I think they're just going to keep, you know, going through this vicious cycle of we're going to hire a new coach. We're going to build the team up. We're going to fail. Yeah. And it's just until they can figure out, where you're at and how to correctly do it, they're going to have issues. Yeah, and they're they're a tier two team, but it doesn't even look like it, you, when you see a lot of tier two teams or even tier three teams, you're like, yeah, but in a year or two they're going to be up there. You don't see that with Philly. It's not like they're we we're like, oh yeah, but next year we don't know. It doesn't look they don't look like they'd be even a tier one team next season. Sure, Maxi will probably get a little better, but in the end they're not better than teams like Milwaukee and Miami and Brooklyn and Boston. Um, so Philly's in a really weird situation and they got to figure out if they want to go one way or the other. Um, but yeah, like we said, I do see them winning this series. Um, but you know, I don't see them getting past the next round. Um, Milwaukee, Chicago, So (laughs) Milwaukee is my pick to win the finals this year. Boring because they won it last year, but I think they're the best team in the league. Um, Obviously I I want my Warriors to win it, but I don't see it happening this year. Milwaukee is feasting on Chicago. Um, Are you sure about that? I, yes. Did you say that's a feasting? Well, okay. Let's say game two or um, yeah. Game two wasn't a feasting that was actually a close game but milwaukee looked like for the most part they were in control i don't see them losing like i've said in many times maybe one game chicago won't get will not get two games on this team they're too good chicago doesn't seem like they're on the same level as a team like milwaukee um and i wouldn't be surprised if this game only goes four so me, Milwaukee, like looking at game one, they were up 16 points in the first quarter. 
they only mm-hmm. ended up winning by seven points. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton did not look good. Like Chris Middleton's played under, you know, performing one from seven from three. Brooke Lopez, one for five from three. Drew Holiday, one for four from three. They shot horribly. Con uh, and off the bench, one for six from three. Like they didn't play a good first game. And yes, they did win. Yes, they looked impressive in the first quarter. But I think this Bulls team, I mean, you're not going to get some of these performances from DeRozan and Levine like you did. Like they had a bad night. And I think they're going to figure it out. I think they're going to kind of go back to the drawing board, compose themselves. And I think Chicago is going to make this interesting. I think they're going to take it six. And I think Chicago might, you know, drag this series out. And you're going to see Giannis get into a little bit of like a bloodbath towards the end here, trying to claw his way into the second round. I think they're going to cause some problems. I don't see the series. I don't think Milwaukee is going to be, you know, for me, my team out of the East. I I, I think they do have some big roadblocks ahead of them still, but uh, I think they do get out of this round. I don't see this series going six. Um, I think you don't, you're not going to see these poor shooting nights again from Chris Middleton and from Drew Holiday. And they, like we said, I mean, they still won the game with these guys not playing how they usually do. Um, Give me Milwaukee in four or five. Um, I don't think Chicago has what it takes to beat this team twice. Um, Milwaukee with, with when you have Chris Middleton shooting four for 13 and only scoring 11 points, and you still end up winning. Uh, I think that's a good sign because it's Chris Middleton in his career. He's not been the most consistent player in the league, but I think that as of semi recent, including last year's playoffs, Chris Middleton has been a force and I don't see him going four for 13 again, at least two games in a row. Um, I see Milwaukee winning in Milwaukee, maybe losing one in Chicago, but that's it. Um, but it, nonetheless, I mean, I think Chicago should be playing better than how they are playing. I mean, I, I like that roster. I think that roster is good. That's a deep team. But when they, I mean, like in the regular season, we all saw it. They didn't, they, there was some crazy stat where they like didn't beat any teams over 500 or they only won one game. Yeah, they were the like team. two and like 15 or something against teams yeah. over 500. They didn't play well. I mean, yeah. I, I think they had their issues with injuries, and I think that was something that they had to overcome. I think they're going to be able to scratch out two wins. I don't think you're going to have as bad a nights from Levine or DeRozan. I'm sure one of those guys are going to go off one night and keep it close. I, I mean, Middleton's kind of scared me away this season. I think Grayson Allen, you know, has stepped up when he's needed to, but I think they're going to get it done, just they're going to have issues down the road. Fair. I mean, that's fair. Um, and DeRozan did shoot pretty poorly um, that game. That was pretty bad. Um, but now, now it's the matchup we've been waiting for, man. We've had some conversations about it. Uh, you're a Celtics fan, and I don't think the Celtics win this series. And I liked what I saw in the first game, even though Brooklyn lost. I think Nets get it in seven. Um, but let's hear what you have to say. So, question, you think that's happened in seven? When's Ben Simmons coming back? Well, they said, what, game five or six? Um, and I think the biggest thing for Ben Simmons is he's not going to be this vital part of the offense or anything. They're just going to say, hey, man, 
you haven't played in however long. Go in there and defend. That's all we need you to do. Because Ben, sure, he hasn't. We don't know how his defense will look, granted, because he hasn't played in however long. But assuming Ben Simmons' defense is still above average and maybe even elite like it used to be, they're just going to say, hey, man, go defend. Go in there and play defense because that's what you do best. And I don't think it's going to cause any rifts in the in the lineup. I don't think it's going to be like they're going to need to build any chemistry off it if he's just going out there and playing defense. Um, you know, and even if he can, if they have him play make a little bit and run the offense, I don't know how that's going to look. But I just know when you add an elite defender like Ben Simmons to to a team like the Nets, I like what I see, man. So to me, like if you add Ben Simmons back, I think it's game set match. Boston wins, done. Whatever game you bring him back, like I think Boston right now and what they need to do, they need to get over their hurdle. They need to purge their demons, get past Kyrie. You know, get this whole thing behind us, and just have it be Tatum Brown. Have it be smart. We'll get Rob Williams back either late this round, late this round, or early next round is what they're assuming. But, like, Rob Williams popped up at the game. His knee looked somewhat fine. You know, it looks like he could be returning at some point in the future. So I think Boston still has some people coming back, has some people coming. And I think Tatum, Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year, just got that yesterday. They're going to hold it down. I think they're going to sweep Brooklyn. No, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. Five. <laughs> five. That's my I was... story. But <laughs> – I would... <laughs> I was going to ask you, I was going to say, how many games do you think the Nets are going to win? I I think the Nets end up winning one, but I think Mm -hmm. Ime and what they're doing in Boston, they're going to let Katie or Kyrie, they're going to let one of them, you know, kind of go off and do their thing, but they're going to completely contain the other. Kevin Durant did not play a good game. Kyrie made most of his money on people named Thice, Grant Williams, and Peyton Pritchard. Like those minutes that they were on the court, he got them in the switch and that's where he made his bread and butter. Like, I think they're going to make some adjustments and they're going to keep those defensive players that are going to rule your Jalen Browns, your Al Horford. You know, we had three players who got defensive player of the year votes. Only one of them's out. So that means we have two defensive player of the year caliber players in voters' eyes playing on that court right now. So I think that's something that we need to watch. And I think, you know, even if Ben Simmons comes back, that takes away one more score off the court for you. So now you don't even really have to pay attention in that direction. You can send more people in at the traps. You can send more people in when they go to drive at the board. Like I think Ime Udoka and what he's done with this defense is just next level. And I think even if Kyrie or Katie pops off in each game, one of them's not going to get going. And I think that's going to hurt the team overall. And I think Celtics have a great chance of going in five. Fair points. And I think this series is no doubt going to be a good one, in my opinion. I think it's going to be back and forth type series. Um, and the Nets are going to need guys like Seth Curry, Goran Dragic, you know, even Nicholas Claxton to play well if they want to win. Sure, they're going to have to. Number one, as I like what I've seen from them so far. Sure, it's been one game in this series, but I've liked what I've seen from these role players for Brooklyn. I like if they can, still not sure when, 
adding Ben Simmons to the lineup to play defense because you got scores, you got Jason Tatum on the on the other side of the ball. And you when you add an elite defender, I, I just think that's gonna help them so much more on the defensive side of the ball, especially when Brooklyn's a team that is known for not amazing defense. Um, their defense isn't amazing, but they have a ridiculous amount of offensive firepower. Sure, you're going against Boston. Uh I mean, towards the end of last season, especially, they were the best defensive team in the league. Um, but when you got guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, man, KD didn't play amazing last game. But that's not going to happen again, bro. This is KD. This is KD and Kyrie. These two guys are some of the most skilled, arguably the top two most skilled offensive players in the league. I don't see, I don't see them with this full lineup. I don't see them being able to be contained to the point where it's uh it's it doesn't look good for them i i like what i see from these two i think it ends up going seven and i'm not gonna bet against katie and Kyrie in a game seven um especially from what i have seen from jason tatum and jalen brown in past seasons i'm gonna go with katie and Kyrie in a game seven um it's gonna be a bloodbath this series is no doubt gonna be a bloodbath already a bloodbath you see jalen's nose (laughs) Yeah, I know. That was crazy, dude. He said he woke up every, <laughs> like, 45 minutes through the night, and it was just gushing blood. Like, Did he really like, say that? Already. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, does he bring out a mask and go mask Jalen for the next game? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> that would be kind of like, fire. It's for sure it's going to be a dog fight, and it's going to be, you know, the nitty-gritty and get down, get rough with it. And when I look at that, that's the Celtics. They're going to get down. They're going to get rough. They're going to, you know, do that gritty, nitty stuff that you mm-hmm. need to do to claw your way to win. And I think they just, they want it right now. They want it. Yeah. And and there's no doubt that Boston plays that way. I mean, they do. That's kind of their team. Uh, even with a Mar- guy like Marcus Smart who injured Steph. <clears throat> but uh, no, I'm just playing. I'll never, I've, I've talked to many people about that. I don't think that was a dirty play. Um, I wish you would have watched out for him, but hustle for the ball. I understand. Um. But that Boston team is nitty and gritty. They, uh, they're they're one of the best defensive teams in the league for a reason. Um, so like like we both said, bloodbath, no doubt, literally. Um, I see this go. I see it going to seven. I'm not gonna bet against some of the two clutchest players in the league in a game seven. Give me Brooklyn in seven, even though I mean they lost on a game winning layup. I don't know what the heck Katie was doing, man, on that final play. Oh, I was like, what the heck are you doing? He was just standing there. So they almost had that one. I don't know if it's that he got lost in the switch or what he did that he was just standing there. But, like, I've seen so many different angles of that play. And Tatum just – that was a perfect pump by Smart. It was a perfect decision Mm -hmm. to make the pass. And it was a perfect spin into the layup. Like It was a perfect play. It was a perfect play. I don't know what else you were going to do about it, but like KD standing there was just bad optics. And there were some memes flying after that game about that. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that's well, Katie, sure. you can't be doing that. I don't know. Like, I, I, like... I listened to someone and they said, what if that was LeBron? You know, if LeBron was just standing there and they blew by him, crucified on the media, yeah. like for sure. Like, I'd but I, I think it's something to watch that, you know, get lost in that defense. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I, I remember watching that live, and I was like, man, what the heck was Kevin Durant doing right there, just standing there letting Jason Tatum fly by him? Um, but nonetheless, this will be a great series. Um, I was going to ask you one thing. 
I don't know if you have any off the top of your head, but did you have any like crazy? I know you said you thought Minnesota was going to win it, but did you have any like crazy hot takes like that you think are going to come true in this playoffs? Anything? Um, um because I mean, crazy hot takes. Any just off the if, top of the head, it's tough. There might not be any. I I think that Minnesota. I mean, uh, I, I think my, my my Celtics bias is just like. <laughs> kind of maybe the hot take. Nobody else like that I'm hearing other than some Celtics fans are, you know, kind of on board with me going and dominating as much as we are. But like, yeah, the stretch of the last like half of the season since the new year and what we've carried into the playoffs, even without one of our best defenders, we're still dominating game in, game out, offensively mm-hmm. and defensively. And I think my hot take is just like, this team is put together and rolling like they're going to come in and be a problem everywhere. I mean, other than that, you can look at Minnesota and say that might be an upset and then they might be pushing a Golden State team to like six or seven because I like the matchup between them. But um, other than that, like I think Minnesota is really your dark horse out there that would be making a run into anything. Yeah, Um, I was also going to see so we talked about all the matchups, all the teams playing right now. What's your finals prediction? What team you got coming out of the East and what team you got coming out of the West? Because for me, it's lame, but I just see a rematch of last year. I don't want to because I love when things get switched up, but I see Milwaukee coming out of the East, Phoenix coming out of the West, and I think Milwaukee takes it. So I see, I see Phoenix coming out of the West. I think they're just too good. They're too elite. You know, Chris Paul's back now. Devin Booker, you know, he's still at where he's been at. That boy can get a bucket, you know. Um, you have the emergence of DeAndre Ayton. He's looking like a max contract center. Like, he's going to be a problem for years to come in the league. Um, I think they're just going to handle the West and get in there. My East, I'm just going to go with the Celtics. I think they're going to, you know, go through. I think it's their time. Like I said, they've kind of been to a couple Eastern conferences with some of these players, a Thies, a Horford, a Brown, you know, Tatum. They've all been to that spot before. They just haven't ever got over that, like, bump. And I think this year's the year they're going to get it out. They're going to purge their demons and get into that finals. And I think they're going to have a hard matchup against Phoenix. But my prediction officially is the Celtics in six? Celtics in six. I like it, man. I mean that that's a that's a good take. Um, and this, especially the East, it can go a lot of different ways. Uh, the East has a lot of solid teams at the top. East is really top heavy. Um, but you know, a lot of different ways. Miami, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston, all in my opinion have potential to make the finals. Um, and then in the West, I mean, it's likely going to be Phoenix and then maybe the Warriors and maybe Memphis are the teams. But Yeah, it's... I would just see out of the West, Phoenix or Golden State would be like my two choices that I would be like, I would put money on them. Mm-hmm. Um, East, you have it a little more wide open with Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. You know, mm-hmm. there's some teams there that have heavy hitters and that star, superstar caliber players. Mm-hmm. And I, I think – they just have better teams all around yep. than the West. I think the yeah. West have a lot of missing pieces. Yep. I agree with you on that. <clears throat> well, man, I appreciate you coming on, talking up about the, uh, the playoffs. Playoffs are the best time of the year in basketball, man. So 
you know, I appreciate you coming on and giving your opinions on them. Um, anybody out there listening that's still listening, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you can keep up to date with all things The Night Shift. You can see us on Instagram at thenightshift.pod, TikTok at the Night Shift Pod, and then Twitter at the Night Shift. Two T's in the beginning and two T's at the end. Um, I appreciate everyone listening. Kyle, again, man, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and everyone out there, listen, I, I usually drop episodes Tuesday nights, Wednesday afternoons, so uh, you'll be able to see it there. And that'll be it for me. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>